In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is Tuesday. I am so sorry. My dog ate my homework. No, I'm sorry this isn't out Tuesday morning. You guys, as I, I, I think I let you know yesterday, because this is, you guys literally are my social calendar. I tell you, I tell you everything at this point, um, uh, barring a few, um, 
sexy things. <laughs> this has already gone horribly awry and we're less than a minute in. No, um, I had to drive to Arizona yesterday to uh, babysit my babysit to house it my sister's house and her cats. And uh, so I drove seven hours yesterday night. I left late. Um, I left around like four. <laughs> and then I went about 65 miles. No, so I got here and then I was like, so today is like a really simple episode. We, You know what? This is just a layback because I'm going to recap the entire Real Housewives of Beverly Hills uh, episode from last week to get you fired up for tomorrow's episode. Because I actually, I am loving Beverly Hills. I love to talk about it. I love to do my Dorit. I am Dorit P3PO, the robot. Um, I'm loving talking about it. And I... I want to recap the entire season, whether it just be me or with somebody else. But I was like, okay, that'll be easy because I'll, I'll do the recap. And then um, I have this interview that I've been teasing for weeks with my parents and this lawyer um, about who gets my digital presence after I pass away because I wanted to see which one of my parents uh, would like to take over the podcast for me if for some God forsaken thing, if for something happens. Um, I need to make sure they're they're prepared. You know, that's this this show matters so much to me. I need to make sure there's a backup. And I guess my parents, I don't want them fighting over my digital presence. So, of course, me being me, I packed everything up yesterday. And by packing, I mean, I throw things into a couple of bags. And it's almost like, you know, where you see in those movies where they'll, uh, you know, a guy tries to throw like a a three-pointer into a garbage uh, can, you know, like he's doing like little basketball. Like that's me with like an open bag in my room where I'm just throwing random things. I'm like, yeah, sweater vest. I'll need that in the summer. Throw that in there. Um, and so I thought I had all of my equipment, but here's the deal. So I have this MacBook Pro, no no bragging there. It's just a great computer. Um, but the new MacBook Pros for the last couple of years don't have the USB uh, attachments anymore because they want to, try to get you to buy new parts. So you have to buy this adapter to adapt your USB microphone or anything like that. This is already so boring. I'm so sorry. Um, But basically I forgot the dongle and I didn't realize until 1230 last night when I got into town and I sat down to uh, do the recap and I was like, oh my God, I have to drive seven hours back to get this little dongle. And uh, no, I didn't. I realized Amazon could get one to me uh, like by eight in the morning because they have these like Amazon drop off uh, mailbox places now. Technology is amazing. So basically, I got the dongle. I'm back in business. Now I have two dongles. Maybe I'll leave one dongle here, one dongle in uh, in L.A. I'll be a multi dongle residence. I love saying the word dongle if you have not figured that out yet. Um so I just we're going to just do a straight up thing. I I'm also I'm going to save the parents for Friday. I think I'm just going to tease the parents for the rest of my life. I'm really I'm really nervous about playing the parent thing because I used to do these 7-hour podcasts where I would throw my parents in and it was really uh it was a great mix up and uh like a mix of things. But the thing is I talked to so many people for so long, I don't want to blow you guys out with like a three hour episode. But then at the same time I'm scared to also just make a relation make a podcast just with my folks. Not that they aren't amazing, but I do know that some of you guys do not give a rip about my personal life, nor should you, 
you're here for the uh, you're here for the Bravo dirt. You're here for the pop culture, and there is so much amazing pop culture out there. So today, I uh, I want to uh, be frank with you. I am very aware of Jamie Lynn Spears' statement. Uh, we will be talking about that on Wednesday's episode. I have a guest that I will be talking to in a couple hours that I am so excited to. Uh, she runs the account Bravo Bravo Ducking Bravo. And she posted something last night that blew my mind. She posted that Britney Spears, whoever is running her Instagram account, I do not think it is Britney, uh, made a slip up yesterday and posted something from Hawaii, but she found out that this was like a same photo shoot from years ago when Britney went to Hawaii. So that is messed up on so many levels. And I hate to, like I said, I hate I hate conspiracy theories. I mean, I like them when I watch them on HBO documentaries, um, but I hate what, like, I don't like QAnon. I don't like any of that crap. Like, I, I know all about it. I read all about it. But to me, that was like, some of that stuff is super scary and just frustrating. But I do love, like, Bravo and pop culture <laughs> conspiracy theories. And I got to tell you, you guys know, like, something's not adding up with the Britney stuff. I mean, yes, definitely. This girl has, uh, there are some mental issues there. Uh, but there are mental issues with me. There are mental issues with most Americans. Um, but there is no reason that the conservatorship should ship. I have listened to that statement so many times now that she put out. And it just it, it gets me angry the more I listen to it because it, it, it seems like, no, this has not really happened for this long to somebody else. I was listening to uh, Stern on uh, Howard Stern on my my uh, drive to, to Arizona. And I, I, I know Stern gets like this, sometimes this backlash because of his past and how he, I think there was, I, I never liked Stern for like the sexuality part of it. Like you used to a lot of, have a lot of porn stars and strippers on, which I'm pro sex work or whatever you want to do with your own body. I'm all good with it, but I was in it for like the interviews. And I always think Stern was one of the first reality shows, but on radio because he made me interested in his family. He made me interested in his crew. I would love when he would get into fights with people in uh, that worked on his radio show. Like it made you feel like you were part of something, part of a family. And that's, I mean, why I put my family on is is de- definitely a stern thing. It is a stern thing, but also because I I love my folks and I I do want to share with you. But I I, I heard on Stern and it really worked. I I really I was like, oh, I have parents like that. That's like you know we all have something like that. But anyways, I was listening. And he was talking about it and he made this great point. But he was like, think about this. Think of what we lived through pop culture wise. Charlie Sheen. Think about it. Charlie Sheen. Remember when he did his tiger blood thing when he was like literally openly smoking crack cocaine and he was like, you know, hey, I'm Charlie. That's a horrible Charlie Sheen imitation. But he was he had Charlie's Angels. It was always the porn stars around him. And he it, it was insane. He quit two and a half men or got fired. Like there was this whole thing where Charlie would like just say insane stories and every day and he started making money off of that um i even have like a charlie sheen shirt from that because i just thought this is so ridiculous this is so pop culture to me that we have a celebrity that is fully collapsing like the big bang theory and we're just watching it go off the rails like we're i mean honestly i was like oh he's going to this will probably end with an overdose i honestly thought that you know, and, and unfortunately, years later, it came out that he he admitted he was HIV positive. He, you know, but he was it, it was just this huge flame out. Nobody tried to put a conservatorship on Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen didn't have a 5150 placed on him. 
You know, there are these things. I, I just feel like if this was a man, it would be a whole different thing. I mean, Lindsay Lohan has more freedom than Britney Spears. And just, it makes me so angry. It, it makes me, I, I was sad the other day and now I'm getting angry because it's like the fact that she does have to pay for her own defense. The, 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 she has to pay for people to argue against her. And I was reading more about the conservatorship. So her dad gets uh, a salary every month. I think he gets $3,000 for office space. I think he gets paid $16,000 a month to be uh, the executor of the conservatorship. But then Brittany, get this, Brittany is on a $2,000 a month allowance. This is what they said on Stern. And I was like, this can't be right. And But in the, the statement, she talks about, I have not had my nails done. I have not my, had my hair professionally done in the last year because of COVID, even though I know my mom got her nails done in Louisiana. Like, I mean, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I, I just, I, I thought that was, uh, that was very interesting. But like I said, I was talking to my lawyer friend this weekend and she did say, I, I forgot to mention this on Monday, was that, the part that like also might be used against her is that she was saying in her statement, I want this conservatorship to be over without a psych exam. I just want it to be done without a psych exam. And she was like, well, you know, there should be an independent party that she's like, yeah, I'll do a psych exam, you know, but I guess that's also just having control of your own body. But if you wanted to get out of something, you might play ball, but she's played ball for 13 years. So I I just... And everybody really is hung up on this IUD thing because it is horrifying. Nobody's try, Nobody tried to insert something in Charlie Sheen. I mean, they did, but he asked for it, I'm sure. He's like, yeah, put that in there. Tiger blood, yeah. Um, so it's frustrating. And then, I, like I said, I, we just have no course of action. And then we have Jamie Lynn Spears trying to make her little statement stick up for herself, which I just think is just reads like, Girl, are you you you're angry. Ooh, Lisa Rinna. Ooh, you're angry, girl. You know what? I'm just gonna put in the Jamie Lynn Spears audio right here. We also talk about it on Wednesday's show. I'm so sorry this is late again, you guys. This is uh, I'm cutting back in. I I talked about what I just talked about a second ago earlier, and then I did a whole podcast, and I actually I talked to a representative at Cameo. Your boy's on Cameo right now. Get a Cameo from Ryan Bailey. So bad it's good. I still have to record my uh, video entry or my video, my example video on there. But uh, yeah, you can search me on Cameo. So I'll I'll be making a video pretty soon to show you what you can get. From. My Cameos are going to be five hours long. But anyways, that's regardless of the point. Uh, I know it's silly, but I think it'll be fun. So um, <laughs> I can't believe it. Anyways, I- I'm going to play the whole Jamie Lynn Spears. Um, uh, it's like two and a half minutes. If you've already heard it, you don't want to hear it. Feel free to skip right past it. Um, and then I'll talk a little bit more and then we'll go into the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap. And then I already did tomorrow's interview for Wednesday. You're going to love it. Okay. Here is Jamie Lynn Spears. Um, hey everybody. I just want to take a second to address a few things. Uh, the only reason I haven't before is because I felt like until my sister was able to speak for herself and say what she felt she needed to say publicly, that it wasn't my place and it wasn't the right thing to do. Um, but now that she's very clearly spoken and um, said what she needed to say, I feel like I can follow her lead and say what I feel I need to say. Um, I think it's extremely clear that it's the day I was born. I've only loved, adored, and supported my sister. 
I mean, this is my freaking big sister before any of this bullshit. I don't care if she wants to run away to a rainforest and have a zillion babies in the middle of nowhere or if she wants to come back and dominate the world the way she has so many times before. Because I have nothing to gain or lose either way. This situation does not affect me either way because I am only her sister who is only concerned about her happiness. Her happiness. I've made a very conscious choice in my life to only participate in her life as her sister, as an aunt to those boys. Maybe I didn't support her the way the public would like me to with a hashtag on a public platform, but I can assure you that I've supported my sister long before there was a hashtag and I'll support her long after. Note that. I mean, I've worked since I was nine years old. I've paid my own freaking bills since I was 10 years old. Not that I owe the public anything because my sister knows I love and support her. And that's the only person I owe anything to. I'm not my family. I am my own person. I'm speaking for myself. I'm so proud of her for using her voice. I'm so proud of her for requesting new counsel. Like I counsel, like I told her to do many years ago. Oh, not on a big public platform, but just in a personal conversation between two sisters. So I'm very proud that she's taken that step. If ending the conservatorship, if flying to Mars or whatever the hell else she wants to do to be happy, I support that 100% because I support my sister. I love my sister, always have, always will, as long as she's happy. So. Let's keep praying. That's all. Let's keep praying indeed, folks. Uh, hey, if 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 Jamie Lynn gave performances like that earlier in her career, maybe Zoe 101 wouldn't have been canceled. Burn. Drop the mic. Uh, no. Okay. So, hmm. What do we, um, what do we think? What do we think about this? Um, there's two ways to look about look at this, of course, is that you look at it literally. You look at it of, wow, she's obviously fully behind her sister. Oh my gosh, she's been a, there uh, she's been a, there in her corner all along. But secondly, why make a statement now? I mean, there, there was actually just a, uh, a petition going around to remove her from her Netflix show because of this. Why speak up now? What a weird, interesting time to speak up. Um, we do know that Jamie Lynn Spears has taken money from the conservatorship, so I don't know exactly what she means by I've been making my own money since I was a little kid. I'm sure she does make her own money, definitely, yeah. But she also takes money from the conservatorship as well as the entirety of Britney's family. Um, I don't know. It's one of those things I, I keep thinking about the... Uh, the concept of tainted, like being ta like that. Sometimes you just don't come back from things because there's a bad taste in your mouth. It's kind of like Captain Sandy and Malia on Below Deck after they did what they did to Hannah last season. You guys, if you don't watch it, like they kind of like not framed, but they they went through her personal stuff and found like a weed pin and like Valium that she wasn't abusing and got her kicked off the show. You know, like it was it was really just horrible. It was not women supporting women, I'll tell you that much. 
But ever since then, I think that's going to follow Malia and Captain Sandy for their entirety of their reality show careers. There will always be an asterisk next to their name. You just don't come like some things you can't come back from, you know, and I think there's tons of examples in pop culture about that. Once you have that footnote, people will always kind of remember these things. You you know, it's it's hard to put uh, to put it back in the box. So I think that with Jamie, like there's enough questions with the Spears family that it's like we we can never go back to normal. We can never go back to like, oh, you're just you're just having a good old time with your sister Jamie Lynn, you support her. You know, it's like there's enough questions raised where it's suspect. And I don't think we'll ever forget that, you know? And you gotta be really careful in life. Those one bad decision, that one bad decision will follow you for the rest of your life. Even with Erica Jane now, no matter what happens, no matter what, if she is able to prove that she knew nothing, there will always be a stink on her. And you'd be, Ryan, no, no, there's no way. But no, I, I really do believe there will always be a stink on Erica Jane. It will follow her around like the plague. And I think that's enough. So when people try to reinvent themselves or even say like a Jax Taylor, you know, their their past behaviors has made such an impression that it is so hard to ever go back, you know? It's like the, the, that's one season of Lost where they're like, we have to go back to the island. You can never go back to the island. It's done. Once you make, and that's why it's like important to teach your kids. And I wish my parents had taught me at a young age <laughs> to, you know, always be careful what you do. Always try to make the right decision because when you make one wrong one, it can be the wrong one that follows you around for the rest of your life. And I know this is silly in some examples of using reality shows, but in this example, we're talking about a pop star's career, a career that's been under a conservatorship for 13 years, and that parts of her family have done nothing. I mean, she called her family out in that statement. Um, and she just came off very angry. And usually... People won't feel the need to make their thoughts known. The fact that she came out, I'm like, wow. Sometimes I feel like that says a lot. That almost, to me, following pop culture, it's like when when we get you to respond, it's not the best position to be in. Sometimes your silence can actually help you. And I don't know if this really helped Jamie Lynn. So I'll be very interested. We we gotta we are obviously gonna pay very close attention to this story. Like, you know, you need to like take the lumps. If you're going to take payment and stuff like that, you got to take the lumps. It just starts, it starts looking like a weird version of like the Disney evil stepsisters. Like all of these people, it just leaves, looks like hands out for money. And I don't know. And do we trust Britney's boyfriend? Are we, I, I mean, this guy, Sam, he seems like he's, all, you know, for Britney, but he, I, I don't know. Like, it just sucks that you can't, just once again, though, I just think these things that are aspirational, we, none, nobody's life is aspirational, you you start to realize. And that's scary, because we, we got to have things that we look up to. We got to have things we aspire to. And I, I don't know, like, anybody in pop culture, I just don't know if I aspire to be any of them lately. It all, it all just seems sort of ridiculous. Like, I mean, I guess that's the better question is who do we love? Maybe we should do an episode, you guys, where we all write in who we love. And it's just about amazing people, about amazing people and why we love them. 
you know? And I don't mean unproblematic people, but I mean, I know we still love Britney, but like people that we want to be. And here's the reason why. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't personally want to be in her body because, uh, you know, that's, that would be weird. But Rihanna, I think we all love Rihanna. Rihanna is like on the, like Rihanna is like killing it with Fenty. Everybody's waiting for a new album. I don't personally love ASAP Rocky, but everybody seems to like them together. So she's doing amazing. All hail Rihanna, right? Oh, Kim Kardashian West, you guys. Uh, There was an announcement made that Skims will be providing a lot of the, uh, I believe, warm-up outfits and apparel for the the Olympics this summer. That is a huge deal. Uh, Somebody wrote on Twitter, wow, we're just never going to see the end of them, are they? Are we? And Kim is overseas right now. Uh, Backgrid posted. Backgrid, remember, is one of the photograph the paparazzi companies that you uh, can pay. They'll show up and you work in conjunction with them. So they got these amazing shots with Kate Moss and I believe Kate Moss's daughter and Kim Kardashian all in the back of a limo with the windows rolled completely down. And that's just you know you don't just get those kind of paparazzi shots because. Uh, crowds would be around that car and the windows would be up. So these are stage photos, but also still amazing stage photos where you're like, oh yeah, I'd like to see Kim sitting in a car with Kate Moss. Also, you guys, isn't it weird? And it's weird for me to see myself get older, but isn't it weird to watch celebrities get older like Kate Moss? Like Kate Moss, you're like, oh my God, you, you see the passage of your own life through a model's face. You know, you're like, Oh my God, I remember when you used to date Johnny Depp and he, you know, oh, it's just weird. It's like, it's, it's, it's like there's a Twilight Zone element to it. We never have to worry about that with the Kardashians though, because they just make sure that they never get older. Their faces are so perfectly pulled back, but like in the best way, like you can't see the scars. I mean, at least in, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of these other people, you can see age or you can see where the plastic surgery hit. But with the Kardashians, I feel like they have somebody special on retainer that just, like, really knows their stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I honestly, like, I feel like Kim, of course, doesn't look like the Kim she started out at. But she does look like a really great version of this new Kim. I mean, we can all admit that, right? We don't have to like it, but we can admit that. We're grown up enough that we can admit that that's that's what's happening there, right? (laughs) Um, so yeah, it is funny to watch Kardashians travel overseas again. I mean, Kylie was doing that regardless. Um, and then I saw Kim Kardashian tweeted this morning of like, once again, so proud of you, Kenny, for your 818 tequila. And I just, the, the thing that I just, like, the one of the only reasons that I love Kylie or that I, that I respect Kylie was that she created those lip liners because she was insecure about her lips. We found out on the reunion that she said, you know, I, you know, uh, my first kiss, I was insecure because he said I had really thin lips and I, I always thought I was unkissable after that. So I started overlining my lips, she said. And then that led to the creation of Kylie Cosmetics. And you're like, wow, that is actually a really personal story. But that's also something that's like, something that's like owning the story, something that's like triumph over the story of like, you took the power back, you know, you made yourself in your eyes kissable or, you know, like I thought that was like a really kind of cool story of strength in a way. And, but like, Kenny, what are, what are we supposed to believe with 8-1-Day Tequila? Like, uh, she's insecure around people. So she turned to alcohol. 
Yeah. Like, oh, I, I realized I was better off drinking massive boatloads of tequila and then I could actually function in society. I'm basically what you would call a quote-unquote alcoholic, so I created 818 Tequila. Like, that's a, I, you cannot pay me enough to believe that Kenny loves to chug down a nice bottle of Anejo. No, there's just no way. She's, that's bizarre. Bizarre at best. And the fact that, like, I'm sorry, like, great. I do think she's naturally skinny. That's great. But here's what happens with alcohol. If you don't eat food, you're going to die, pretty much. Or you're going to have one of the worst hangovers of your life. I mean, I'm assuming, kid, like, yeah, there was a time, I remember when I first started drinking when I was a kid. You know, like, you always start with sweet drinks, and then you work your way up to, like, gasoline. You know, the the more you get a, the more grown up you get, you, you get into the, the, the alcohol that just tasted horrible. I mean, beer tasted horrible to me the first time I tried it. I still don't love beer. I know it's weird. But uh, so you like start with like whiskey sours or, you know, then you move to uh, the, like vodka tonics or gin and tonics. That still has like a sweetness. And then you eventually like just straight vodka, please. But you have these periods of time where you like, like I remember my dad, he drank t- like I used to like I ran, ran this nightclub, and so when my parents would come out to town, the bartenders there would like overserve my parents to try to like be nice. And so my dad was getting these like huge glasses of scotch, and he was on, he was flying, he was having the time of his life. And then he got so sick last night. I've never, I remember, I I lived in this place um, off Melrose, which I live now. Um, but at the time there was like this downstairs unit and my bedroom was like this converted dining room area, but it had like curtains on it. it I mean, it sounds really weird, but it was actually a cute little thing. And I, I, my parents were in my bed, like the bedroom area. And then there were curtains and there was a couch area. And I, the, I could tell my dad was just hammered. We had had a good night, but he was just like, never seen him this hammered. So I'm just like, we got to put him to bed. And so my parents go to bed and I'm on the couch and I hear my dad like, uh, and I'm just like, pass out, old man, pass out. And then I hear like a burp and then I hear a fart and then I hear a burp and I'm like, oh, just pass out. And then all of a sudden I hear, oh, Bill, no. And I, it's my mom. And all of a sudden my dad comes charging out of the, the, the curtains naked and I realized like, oh no. And he's like throwing up and I have to like tackle my dad and carry him to the bathroom where he stayed for the remainder of the eve- the, the end of the morning. And the man has never touched scotch again. Never touched. Like it turned him so he can't even get a whiff of it. It was that bad. And that to me is, I mean, like if Kendall really cared about tequila, she's going to have a bad night on it one day. And it's going to be like, you're just going to see it like, uh, you know what? I'm done with 818 tequila. Uh, we're going to bo- go, go into the water business, but that'll never happen because this is fake to begin with. I don't believe for a second that she's like insanely passionate about tequila. I'm sorry, Kendall, if I'm wrong. And, and by the way, if you're insanely passionate about tequila, that's a very small market. Like there's people that just like to drink tequila to like, cause it's a good buzz. But like, if you say you're insanely passionate about tequila, I think part of you is like insane. By the way, but if I got super rich, I might be insanely passionate about tequila too. You know? I think I've said too much.
How are you guys? Are you good? Uh, like once again, I do do apologize. This wasn't here for you in the morning. We're back on schedule tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning. But let's get into Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because I think there is so much to be studied about this show. It is a nice blend of ridiculousness with um, d- insanity because you have the Erica Jane stuff and we're keeping a close eye on that. And I'm sorry. I feel like I feel bad that I don't feel bad for Erica. I feel bad, and I'm going to go through the reasons why I don't feel bad through this. There are elements to it, but remember, at the end of the day, I've said this on Monday, is that when you don't marry for love, I don't have a lot of sympathy for you when things start to not work out. That might be cold. I'm sorry. Honestly, that might be cold. But there is an element of coldness of why you got into that relationship in the first place. So then we're supposed to feel pity on something that, you know, you got into for not nefarious reasons for not like, but not on the up and up. And yes, it's amazing to have money. The times in my life when I've been financially secure have been way better than the times when I have not been financially secure. But I, um, I don't know. It it rings false. And then there's some bizarre things that we see Erica doing that I almost feel highly staged. Like there's a scene at the end where she says she slathered CBD oil um, on her. uh, These are her words, not mine. Her clit and her vagina. Well, I mean, I think it's all. I'm like, what's a clit? No. And I'm just like, Erica, come on. Also, I love Erica paints herself as a sex kitten. And I think she kind of potentially is asexual i i honestly do i think people that like throw it out there that much it's a tool more than their actual feelings you know what i'm saying so let's get into this recap here what do we do i love that uh i'm 32 minutes in and i haven't gotten to the recap yet i swear to i just can't do i can't do small and also as i was talking i have 30 more things i want to talk to you guys about like i'm just never going to run out of things to talk about I might be trapped doing this podcast forever. Uh, This is called Episode 6, The Liberation of Erica. Good title, guys. I like that. The Liberation of Erica. So we find out, just from if we're going to take the titles as a clue, is that the Beverly Hills gang, we are painting Erica with a sympathetic light. The liberation, liberation means to break free of something. So Erica Jane is breaking free. So it's not the crimes of Erica Jane. It's the liberation of Erica. And remember last week's episode, we had uh, Dorit and Kyle fighting of like, Kyle, I do not want to fight with you about this airplane ride, you know. Um, And then the final moment was Erica sashaying into the house at uh, Sutton's Parisian party. And so she, she saunters in and all the ladies clap and she lifts her arm to the sky like i'm here it's me erica jane and she goes and and by the way i just i'm trying to get an erica jane impersonation not that any of my impersonations are great but like she's like hi i'm erica she like speaks so nasally and it's like she's she's like sorry i didn't bring a hostess gift and Sutton's like you are the gift and Rinna, you can just tell, is licking her chops. Rinna is like, I smell a storyline. I must attach myself. I must attach myself to Erica Jane. I will do that as we speak. Um, but everybody's like, oh, you're the gift. You're the gift. Thank you so much for coming. Um, and Kyle in a talking head's like, I have no idea of Erica's state of mind right now. Um, Erica goes, I'll have champs. 
That's uh, that's champ. That's champagne for rich people. I'll have the champs, darling. I talk like a this. And uh, Kyle's like, does she want to be left alone? Does she want to share? And Erica goes, nice to see you all. And all the ladies cheers again. And Dorit uh, says, cheers, beautiful. Cheers, Erica Jane. And Crystal goes, I am so into your dress, Erica. Now, remember, Crystal is still the new girl. So I, I really, I was watching this scene. You can pick a different lady to go back and watch this scene with. But Crystal's very interesting because you can see her being very tentative in this scene. Because I'm sure she's just like along for the ride. And this is like a big moment. This is a big moment for the gang because I would imagine this just happened. Like we said, they found out on November 20th, supposedly on Election Day or whenever, November 2nd. And... I got to imagine the ladies were like, we can't blow it. We finally got, we have the world watching right now. So it's potentially very exciting for all of the ladies to not have to do a puppy gate or a panty gate, but we're actually doing a gate gate. Like this is real shit happening, you know? Um, so Erica Jane goes, so what's going on, ladies? <laughs> How's everybody doing, ladies? And uh, Sutton goes, well, here, we're in France today. It's a, it's a good day. It's a happy day here. And, uh, you know, Sutton is overcompensating, of course. And um, uh, Garcelle says, you didn't tell your friends you're walking in, uh, like, what's going on? Like, Sutton, Garcelle in a talking head is pretty much going, okay, you didn't tell your friends what was happening, and you're walking in just like, what's going on? And uh, Sutton goes, uh, ladies, they're they're waiting for us with the food, the Parisian food. Let's start. And Erica Jane goes, oh, my God, it's stunning. Rinna goes, look how beautiful this is, Sutton. This is gorgeous. Oh, do we have do we have name placards? Oh, yes, we do. Kyle goes, this is absolutely beautiful, Sutton. So it's like a full 80 minutes of like them licking up Sutton's ass, like just fully planting themselves within Sutton's asshole, just kissing her ass, and Sutton is eating it up. Very amazing. And <laughs> this is so funny. There, Kyle, there's a shot of a plate, a plate of what looks just like water lettuce. It looks like just like the soggiest lettuce, like a bag of lettuce got thrown into a pool, and they're serving it fresh out of a pool. And Kyle goes, this is absolutely beautiful, Sutton. <laughs> This this looks like good lettuce, Sutton. Very beautiful wet lettuce, Sutton. I love it. Um, this looks delicious, Kyle says. And Rena goes, it's a good day. It's a good day. Any day Rena can get something free, it's a good day. Um, Kyle goes, you know, I feel a breeze today. I feel lighter and mer- Mercury is in retrograde. And I can't help but think, you know, that's me and uh, Dorit on the plane. Um, you know, I don't know what she was, I, she's trying to bring up the plain thing with Dorit and, uh, Kathy says, do I snap at you? And Kyle says, not right now. Dorit says, I know it'll be okay, Kyle. And I do want to have a talk with you about the airplane ride. And Garcelle says, uh, well, should we give her the table? We love you, but you are long winded Dorit, but I think it's because, and Kathy goes, you are, you are Kathy had kind of as a lower register. So Kathy says to Dorit, you are, and I gotta say this was the dialogue in this was so great. And it's so frustrating. Like I always say to take notes on a good scene because you're stop starting it and trying to, you know, I wish somebody would just 
release screenplays of each episode so I wouldn't have to take notes. It would be so much easier for me. Um, So Garcelle, though, do you notice how Garcelle... I, I think Garcelle's got to watch it a hair. She's only two seasons in, and she, like, really potentially says says snide things about like like undercutting things like the long-winded joke she just did about Dorit. Now, all of these ladies do that to each other. So, yeah, totally fair game, but you do have to choose your battles. Garcelle seems to like point it out like every episode now, and I I'm just curious to see if that will change or not, but I have to imagine you don't endear yourself to these ladies. You have to endear yourselves and then put the hooks in, you know? Oh my god, you guys, each time I try to do this, something crazy happens and takes me away. I'm so I'm so sorry you're getting this so late uh, in, in your day, but, you know, you can listen to it at any time. But big news, you guys, huge news. TMZ uh, just reported that Britney Spears uh, is finally... Uh, filed for conservatorship, filed to terminate the conservatorship. So this is just amazing news. We were wondering when this was, this was going to happen. I'm shocked it, it, it took this uh, this long, but I'm glad it is finally happening. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Guys, don't worry. You did not start the show all over again. This is what we call an ad break. And I am so, so excited to welcome our new sponsor, HelloFresh. Now, this is exciting. Uh, You guys know, like I said earlier, I'm not much of a chef, but I get to try my darndest with uh, one of the most amazing companies out there. With HelloFresh, you're going to get fresh, pre-measured ingredients, Guys, I don't know how to measure crap, so this is already done for me. Uh, They have mouth-watering seasonal recipes, and it's delivered right to your door. I do not have to move 
to my car, to a grocery store. It is all delivered to my door. It is easy. It's supposed to be fun. I'll tell you. I'll tell you if it is because they're actually sending me stuff, so I get to try it. But it's also affordable, and it's America's number one meal kit. Uh, stressful meal planning is is really actually insane. You guys, I eat like ground turkey and like like lettuce when I'm left to my own devices. So I'm excited. I got to flip through their menu and there are so many different options. Um, you you can even try HelloFresh's quick and easy meals. They're like 15 to 20 minute dinners. You got breakfast on the go and more easy options. And it says it's perfect for any busy lifestyle. They offer 50 menu and market items each week, including ready to eat salads, sandwiches, and soup. There is something for everybody to enjoy. And with all recipes designed and tested by professionals, chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity i have been watching top chef you guys what if this is the what if HelloFresh is the thing that gets me into top chef kitchen i bet it i bet it can be plus they are they are designed for a healthy lifestyle so it's one of those things that's good for you good to eat uh that's all the bases that you need covered right there um what i am so excited though about this as well is that for so bad it's good listeners go to hellofresh.com forward slash so bad 14 that's one four and use code s-o-b-a-d 14 so bad 14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping that's hellofresh.com slash so bad 14 and use code so bad 14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping that is a lot of free i have never gotten 14 free of anything and you can do it just by listening to this podcast that excites me so much and you guys i am doing this myself I love food. I'm going to love to learn how to cook. This is going to be amazing. I'm going to be a double threat. Like I said, a podcaster and a chef. So guys, please do my, do me a favor. Do this show a favor. Go check it out. Go see if you like it. It is free at first. That's amazing. Um, So thank you. HelloFresh. I'm excited to eat you back to the show. Ah, I'm so pissed. TMZ reported this and then took down their article. And if they flipping ah, i'm gonna beat tmz's butt oh my god don't mess around with shit like this this is so damaging ah so frustrating i'm just trying to do a beverly hills recap and i can't ah too much pop culture i'm going insane okay I'll, i'll keep you updated on this but that's very frustrating if they put out a news story like that before they actually had uh uh hopefully this is just a uh a minor slip up okay so ba- back to Back to uh, back to the big the big stuff, Beverly Hills. Okay, so we have this lunch with the ladies, um, and they're all kind of just goo goo gaga over Erica Jane, and they're waiting to find out all of uh, you know all all of the dirt, but they don't know how to proceed. So they're just kind of uh, joking about how Dorit is long winded. Garcelle said her thing, and. Uh, Rinna keeps, this is like, she keeps cackling this entire episode, this entire season, this entire, her entire run on Beverly Hills is just filled with cackling. Um, uh, we do have a great bit though, is that, uh, Kyle points out that Kathy always talks in shorthand. Um, and Kyle does this great imitation of Kathy 
And she'll be like, uh, Kathy's like, you know, I was talking to you know who, and I thought to myself, you know what? And I'm telling you, I'm not going to do it, Kyle. I'm not going to do it. I would watch a one-woman play of Kyle doing Kathy Hilton. Ooh, in fact, that's that's amazing. I should make that meme of Kyle. Kyle Richards presents Kathy Hilton, a one-woman show. Rena is cackling, and even Kathy looks at Rena as like, yo, this ain't that funny, girl. Like, Kathy's like, chill out. And there's a flashback um, to uh, to Kathy doing the shorthand to Rena. So Rena is just a green, like with her Muppet head. Uh, so Kathy says, it's better to allude to the situation because you never know who's listening. She says that in that talking head. Uh, we also find out from Sutton that Kathy requested the caviar with this first course in the Parisian meal be served at the table. And Kathy goes, yeah, because it gets gooey if it's not. I, guys, I've had caviar maybe like my first time, I think this summer, and it's okay, but I kind of feel like I don't know what all the fuss is about, you know, like it tastes like a lot of sodium. And I guess I don't have elevated tastes, as you all know, I had Taco Bell the other day, but I just, I mean, and then this, they put it in a baked potato. So obviously, People are just, you can just put caviar anywhere. People are just like, yeah, just put it on some crack. Wendy Williams was putting it on potato chips over the pandemic, I believe. No joke. Like, she did that of like, and I'm just like, that, or in the Wendy Williams documentary, she was doing that as well. Um, so, Rinna turns to Erica Jane and goes, how is Tiago adjusting? Tiago, of course, being Erica Jane's uh, dog. And uh, she's like, great, 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 great. And Rena goes, I don't know if Erica is good, but we need to allow the space for Erica to share with us and speak to us when she wants. I'm shocked that Rena didn't say we need to give her space and grace. Remember, if you say space, you got to say grace right after it. Um, the meat comes out and Erica goes, yeah, the meat. She's such a broad, you guys. She's a... She loves, she's an old school, classy broad. So then Garcelle pipes up and is like, Sutton, should we talk about what we did yesterday? And Sutton's like, I bought a car. And Erica goes, well, I need a ride. You can pick me up. And Sutton goes, I'm picking you up for sure, darling. The dialogue is crackling. The pacing is great. And uh, Lisa goes to uh, Erica. She goes, did you get a new car? And, and Erica's like, yeah, Range Rover. Kathy, by the way, is just eating. Sometimes I'll just get entranced watching Kathy just enjoy her meal. And then Erica goes, well, okay, let's talk about the elephant in the room. So, yeah. My life drastically changed this week. I let go of my Lamborghini, my 16,000-foot home. I let go of my marriage. I let go of everything. I had to. Now, I believe this is a very staged line or plan because the human mind doesn't usually speak in specifics. They write in specifics. So she name drops the Lamborghini, a 16,000-square-foot home, all of this. She let go of everything. This is a very, to me, written line of somebody that reads a lot of plays and movie scripts. That's just a personal opinion. But also, I do love the narrative that a Range Rover is downgrading. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? I've said this many times. Get a Corolla, babe. Then let's talk about downgrading. But this, like, I let go of a Lambo for a Range Rover. I would love either of those. Are you kidding me? In fact, I don't I, I don't want a Lambo. I think they, they're stupid. Like, could you imagine, like, you'd always be worried about having that nice of a car? No, thank you, you know? Um, you know, talking head Erica Jane goes, I left because he pushed me farther and farther away. The conversations that I used to have were just reduced to a sentence or two with him. And they are intercutting, intercutting the house footage of Tom and Erica's house, of all the wood paneling and stuff. And by the way, uh, a listener uh, wrote to me saying that she was aghast that I said I liked the wood paneling. I don't, I mean, I just appreciate a good wood paneling. I would never put a wood paneling in my house. You know what I'm saying? I would never do that. But I can say for that house, I agree with the wood paneling. Uh, Erica goes, I can't, I kept walking around this house knowing this marriage was headed down a really bad path. I had to do what was right for me. I couldn't live that way anymore. And then she goes, none of you knew on purpose because it would put you all in a bad position to give you info you had to hold. It doesn't serve me to talk about what will happen legally because I'm married to someone really good in that area. And Rena goes, yep. Now, so she's basically saying here that if I had told you ladies any of this, you could eventually be deposed. And I think deposed in the sense of the legal stuff that is going to come after this. Remember, we still don't know anything about Tom, which is very potentially exciting for the show because I know that comes out as well. So Erica also gives us a little breadcrumb right here. I spent a good 30 days closing out parts of my life. Now pay attention to that line. I spent a good 30 days closing out the parts of my life. So this is supposedly November 3rd, right? So then uh, if we are to look at the calendar, uh, I, I'm not a mathematician, but I think that would mean October 2nd, October 1st, that kind of area. She'd been planning this for a month. So that is very interesting to me that I think is, is, you know, uh, but we also get flashbacks to one month earlier and we see the overflow closet that was in the first episode. We see the little clip of Sutton at the Erica Jane uh, Batcave headquarters downtown where Sutton's like, oh, you selling this? Why are you not holding on to this girl? So basically we are now in led to believe that she has been packing this whole time and lying to all of us. That potentially wasn't an overflow closet. That was where she was keeping the stuff she was going to move. Interesting, right? So this was very planned out. Also, it would be very hard for Tom not to see or be aware that all of these clothes were in this quote-unquote overflow closet. So Erica goes, I cried every day. This was the end of a massive part of my life, and I'm stepping into a void. She tells the ladies, I tried to work it out, and I was met with such resistance. Our marriage was, you know, definitely different. He was 33 years older than me. I was the cocktail waitress that made good, that made a, a good young son. And if I wanted to open up and say, Tom, you hurt my feelings, there was none of that. Now, I do agree that some of this is probably dead on correct. I bet it was it was his way or the highway. Honestly, if he is paying lock, stock, and barrel for somebody, he doesn't give a rip. And obviously he was cheating probably various times throughout their marriage. I think Erica knew a lot of that as well. So, yeah, I do believe he bought himself a wife. He bought himself somebody that was not supposed to talk back. I totally believe that. I totally, totally believe that. So, um, 
you know, she said, I, I can't, I can't do this by myself. I can't convince someone, you know, of anything. So I said, okay, well, I'll take a, I'll take a crack out on my own. And she goes, in my marriage, everything was great and perfect. And I don't know what you're complaining about, Erica, he would have said to me. So she goes, uh, I, I, I announced on election day because I wanted it to be buried. I thought this will be just a blip on the radar and I'll slide through and no one will know what's happening. Now, I do wonder if she really believed this. Don't you guys wonder? Did you really think it would be a blip? I just think she would know the Bravo fan base is so... Uh, passionate, I guess we'll use a kind word that I, I just don't think she, I, I don't know. Part of me wonders about that line as well. And this is what happens when a case like this comes up is that we start dissecting every sentence, even if it's just something thrown away. We now analyze this like it's a little piece of gold, a little piece of treasure. And Erica goes, I keep really good secrets. If anyone is wondering, I'm a vault. And we see a flashback to the Tahoe vacation where she was actually bragging about what she loves about Tom. And Kathy goes, yeah, you smiled and carried on like a lady. Now, Kathy Hilton, now that's a real broad. That's somebody that likes a little caviar on her hot baked potato. But like, I, like Kathy, I love respects Erica. And I like, yeah, you, you, you put up and you shut up. <laughs> um, Erica Jane goes, as soon as I get a handle on what is coming for me and it will be coming for me. You know, I thought that was interesting too of, I do find if we were to believe Erica in this, I do believe that thought is a scary thought of knowing that a shoe is going to drop and just waiting for that shoe, you know, and, 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 and if this was just a divorce waiting, what that legal mind would come up with, you know? Because also you think if this really, if we're to take Erica by her word as well, she did this and made him look like a fool potentially, right? She didn't tell Tom. She, she just, she just left. Well, that makes him look like a fool. So if, if none of this had happened, I mean, Tom would be livid, right? Like she made him look like a fool. You do not make Tom Girardi look like an idiot yet. She did. But that also leads me to believe she is lying about this. And Tom was very well aware of her leaving. So then there's a commercial break and we come back and Rena's like, uh, and we're here for you all of in all of this. And like I said, Rena is just all she's seen is attaching herself to a storyline here. Uh, and she goes, I did not see it ending this way. I was going to hold that man's hand until he died. Rena in a talking head says, she has a reason for everything. She's methodical about it. He's a lawyer, you know, and uh, we don't know how vicious it will get. I'm worried about Erica, Rinna says. Um, and then Erica goes, you're all welcome over to my new tiny baby doll house and have drinks. Tiny baby doll house. I live in a like a fucking tiny bedroom. Shut up. God, if you're going through a struggle, still don't try, try to make yourself not look a little bit less like an asshole. And they ask her, you guys, they ask her, hey, how did you find your house? I found it online. Bullshit. Uh, tomorrow's guest, Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo. Uh, we talk a little bit about this lie. Uh, they asked, did you have to buy furniture for the new house? She goes, I had to steal the furniture. And uh, she goes, I didn't take a lot of things. Not like, you know, the chandeliers. I took a couch and two chairs. Um. Kathy Hilton goes, when someone's on the cover of a magazine, it's never going to be a good thing. She's talking in regards to Tom Girardi, you know, being a lawyer to the stars, I believe. And also Erica Jane probably being a star as well. 
Um, you know, they also say, well, you're, we're, you know, we're never going to be happy about this divorce, but also when it involves big people, you, it's, you never really see it coming. I think is the, uh, the, the sentiment right there. And then, uh, cause Kathy goes, cause Kathy's talking in shorthand. Rena goes, is this the shorthand right now? And Kathy says, God forbid I be long winded. And there's a shot of Dorit and Rena goes, ha, 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 ha. it's her villain laugh. Ha, ha, I'll get you Batman. Ha, ha, it's me, Lisa Rena. Ha, 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 ha. Sutton goes, ladies, we'll be ladies. We'll be having dessert outside. Uh, Kyle and Rinna walk out together. Remember, they're in the same outfit because Rinna steals other people's looks. And Kyle goes, who wore it better? <laughs> Kyle, you wore it better. Hands down, you wore it better. Uh, they're having a crystallized dessert. Or Erica goes, crystallized dessert. Nice. I would love it if you, every time you got a shot of Erica, she was like, like being a klepto and putting like napkin holders in her purse. Gonna need these for later. Dorit goes to uh, Kyle... I didn't want to have a conversation with you on election night, but yes, let's have a conversation now. I want to nip this in the bud. Dorit says, uh, Kyle, we know this isn't the first time you've done this to me. Beep, pop, beep, boop, 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 boop. Because they're talking in regards to Kyle interrupting Dorit. Um, and Kyle goes, you know, you can be long-winded sometimes, but it's it's something I find endearing about you. And Dorit goes, you snapped back at me. You always snap back at me. And Kyle goes, yes, and I will to someone who hurts me. And Dorit says, given what is going on with Erica right now, our stuff is not that big of a deal. And then we get a shot back to Erica. And she goes, yeah, it took a lot of mental fortitude to get here. Hopefully things will get better uh, when things calm down, which, by the way, they never calm down. I mean, this has just been probably a roller coaster ride for her, even if she was in on it. I mean, this just just think about how your life can be turned upside down that quickly. And especially when you think you've married into money. So you think the rest of your life, even if you get divorced, the rest of your life, you're taken care of. So it has got to be like really bizarre to see things turn around, you know? Uh, Kathy goes, you don't seem to be too attached to things, to Erica Jane. And she goes, it wasn't my house to begin with. I was the third wife to live there. And uh, she goes, he'll never leave that home, which I thought was a fascinating uh, piece of dialogue as well, because the third wife to live there, that is just so wild to think about how many women have moved in and out of that property. I didn't even think about that when they first showed it. And also the line, he'll never leave that home, because right now we know the Pasadena mansion is for sale, right? Where does he move? Like a little condo? Would he move in with me? I've got a room potentially for rent. Um, but also it kind of like, I know this is so dark, you guys, I know, I know, I know, but part of me got scared that I was like, oh my God, what if he tries to take his own life? Like you wonder how big their egos are and if they ever give up, if there's ever a day of reckoning in their head, I know that's so dark, but we've seen it sometimes with these rich and powerful people, you know? Um, so uh, we go back to Kyle and Dorit, and Kyle says, um, even if you don't know uh, what I meant in that situation, there is never ill intention with you, Dorit. Um, 
Dorit says, um, okay. And then they start talking about Crystal and Sutton. And Sutton walking in on Crystal because Dorit says, I talked to Crystal. She felt like she was violated. Boop, 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 boop. That's my robot noises, you guys. Um, Kyle goes, okay, it's a bad implication to say the word violated. And uh, it's very different than the conversation I had with Crystal. Um, And in a talking head, she goes, what Dorit is implying that there is something sinister, like Sutton had odd intentions entering that room. And I would hate for something to be made of something out when, when nothing should be made of it. Now, this is a very interesting conversation as well, and a very real conversation, because I believe Crystal definitely... um, that was a very real thing. And if you have trauma like that, you do, um, that can mean, that can also snowball. You can feel one way in the moment and it can start to eat at you days in. Now, I also know that Sutton didn't have any ill intentions there, but it also doesn't mean that Crystal shouldn't feel bad about it. Crystal's going to feel how she feels about it. Unfortunately, Crystal, you know, has, you know, an issue with this. And this is something that's very real in her mind. So it is something to be listened about and respected. But you're right. When you start to say violated, it does imply that somebody did something on purpose. So it is good. that they, I mean, it is good that they, these ladies do need to, to figure this out, to hammer it out, you know. So that is the end of that gripping scene. Now, we open on a new scene at Garcelle's house that's backed up against the power plant or some kind of train tracks. It is such a weird look. It's just like out in the boonies. Like, I don't it's so bizarre. And I know it's not in Beverly Hills. I know that it is probably at Simi Valley. It's probably near Magic Mountain or something like that. But I always love that. It just looks like it's backed up against some kind of like. It just doesn't look like L.A., so it kind of makes me laugh. It's a nice house, but it's just like there's doesn't seem to be a real view, if you know what I'm saying. There's a knock at the door, and um, we have a relationship commo- uh, coach. We meet Demona. Uh, she's a relationship coach because Chocolate Michael from last season, that's what she called him, he wasn't the right fit for her. And she goes, maybe my picker has been off. How do I meet a husband and a soulmate? Now, I am going to be... Okay, fine. We're going to deal with this storyline, right? But I do get tired of these storylines because we also have a um, one of these storylines on Real Housewives of New York that Ebony is going to introduce a relationship matchmaker to to um, Sonia. So it, it's like, oh no, did Bravo put down some email of like, guys, we would love each of your cast to have this uh, matchmaker or a matchmaker come in. It's like when uh, all those shows started doing the axe throwing. It's like, why why do we see axe throwing this much? I've never had this much axe throwing in my personal life. Why is it planted over every one of these Bravo shows? There's got to be some reason. Like, is Andy sleeping with an axe thrower? It makes no sense. But uh, Garcelle says... Or no, the matchmaker says dating is a learned skill and we have watched so many rom-coms that it skews our vision of it. You know, it doesn't happen like that. And uh, the matchmaker says, I give you options and then let you figure out how to find the man of your dream. Let's dream up your dream man. And they keep cutting back to the fishes of the Dorit and Kyle fishes, which I thought was hysterical. Um Garcelle's dream man is kind, loving, loyal, monogamous, sweet, sexy, not too big in the dick. She goes, that's the thing. So by the way, she's pretty much describing me to a T. I mean, if she said curly hair, I'd be like, Garcelle, obviously we need to date. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, Garcelle says there is such a thing as being too big down there. Um, great. Okay, good. Um, the matchmaker says, I want to talk to you about your past par- patterns in a relationship. And she goes, you know, I need to stop leading with my career because last season, that's all we did here from Garcelle was I'm in coming to America too. I'm doing a lifetime movie. Um, but she also lets us know she's not needy in a relationship. That's great. And maybe she doesn't, you know, men can sometimes want to feel wanted in that way or like in a mansplainy way of like, let me tell you how things are done. And Garcelle is not that type. I respect that about Garcelle a lot. She lets us know I left home when I was 17. So I've been taking care of myself for so long. And she says the work opportunities are such a big deal in her life because you know, this is the privilege of my mom getting me to America. And she tears up. It's actually a really nice moment, I thought. Um, But she also says with a partner, I need to let someone have my back, you know, to relinquish that power. And I don't trust someone to have my back because remember, she was went through a nasty divorce of somebody that she caught publicly cheating on her. He was one of the heads of Creative Artists Agency, the powerhouse, uh, TV and film and sports agency in Los Angeles. Uh, Really crazy stuff. Um, We'll have to talk about that someday, but that really has to scar a person. So I do love that thought of a relationship of having somebody's back though. I think that's a really nice sentiment when things are working well and you really both like each other, but to have each other's back as well. That's, that's amazing. I think that's really nice, you know? Um, so, uh, they're going to work on this relationship. So I'm sure we will have some awkward dating moments with Garcelle. Um, you know, when you have such exciting things like Erica and stuff, I guess the real challenge with Beverly Hills this season is giving all the ladies a little bit of a moment to shine, but also to make it interesting enough where you can even hold a candle to the Erica Jane storyline. It's a very powerhouse storyline. So that's why somebody like Rinna, I think, sees that so attaches herself to it immediately of like, I obviously will not be coming up with something interesting because the Rena lip fucking beauty kit doesn't mean shit compared to this excitement over here, you know? So we're in a new scene. We're at Erica's new house. We see that there is a pool in a back, the pool, there's a pool in back you guys. So already it's better than any of our houses. Um, you know, it's, it looks like a really great house and not just like a little tiny. It looks like a great house. Mikey Minden, her creative director and her assistant, Lila, I think is her name. Um, They're there. I wonder how they're getting paid. Mikey has his tools and he goes, have tools, will travel. There's lots of laughter. I mean, this is one of those stories, storylines where you go support your friend, get them back up on their feet. So there's lots of like over laughter because you're trying to create a happy environment. And uh, she goes, it's looking good. It's looking real good in here. Mikey goes, oh, my God, so perfect. Walk through. Mikey's like, this is what we'll do with the odds and ends. And Erica reminds us, 22 years of a relationship. I left all that behind. Mikey goes, oh, this living room, this is going to be gorgeous. Erica lets us know, I dropped Tom off at work and then went home and moved out. I was out within a day. Frightening, if you think about it. And she has a little puss on her face, you know, like just a real, and it is frightening if you think about it. I've told you guys time and time again, what I think about this. This is another line that flagged immediately. Like you didn't drive Tom to work. No fucking way. You might've moved out, but I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. Uh, she shows us her Martinique wallpaper. Um, 
I'd like to have wallpaper one day. They seem like they're really doing good things with wallpaper, you know? Um, so it's 2,000 plus square feet in this new home. So to go from 16,000 to 2,000, but it's got to be nice because it is hers. She doesn't have to deal with an old man wandering the hallways at night. Um, to li- um, You know, she does say to to leave somewhere that you know you're never going back to you know, and that now this is home. And she goes, I hope you chose wisely because this is it. And I thought that was an interesting sentiment. Uh, she asked Mikey if she should put her nude portrait up above her bed. That's wild, man. You got to really like yourself to put a nude portrait of yourself up your. I mean, I would hide my nude, nude portrait. In fact, I, I probably just would never have made a nude portrait to begin with. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, we go to another room. The room is all closed. I guess we're not going to have a guest bedroom in Erica Jane's palace. Um, so Mikey goes, okay, this room is all closed. The room over there is going to be your shoe palace. And she goes, I love that you think we can get all of this in here. Um, there's shots of her and Tom walking around the grounds of her old home. We get the shot of Erica leaving for Broadway and he goes, I'm really proud of you. And she's crying. She's like, that's all I ever wanted, Tom. That's all I ever wanted. It's very fascinating what he allowed himself to be on camera doing. And it's fascinating. I don't know this. All this stuff will be picked apart um, by many people, not just me. Um, She also lets us in on this story. She goes, you know, I once joined five guys, uh, five of Tom's friends late uh, from his office for dinner. And, uh, one man piped up to Tom and says, if you were married to a better man, traffic wouldn't be a problem. And Tom shot back. Well, if you hadn't, if if you think you can afford her, you can have her. And Erica goes, it flew right out of his mouth. Like it was, you know, that, and, you know, I do believe this to a degree. I do believe that, you know, Erica was property to him. Um, I do believe that to a degree. And I find that very, I just find that impossible to ever imagine a relationship like that. You know, God, I just can't imagine. I don't know. That's why it's got to be so sad for rich people to ever be rich and date or even want to like, because you're not having the, a real relationship on either side. It's like, why would you ever want to, I don't, why can't, why, why would you ever want somebody that didn't really love you for you? I just don't like, that's the whole point, right? That's the whole point. I don't know. This it confuses me so much. I think about this so much. Uh, they go back to the backyard. There's some leaves we can rake up. They say, um, Erica also lets us know there is always that underlying pressure to please someone who's provided you for so long. So maybe I should just shut up. Um, and I think that's a, you know, I'm sure there is a pressure and not even a pressure. I'm sure it's accepted. Like you better always have my back. I, I feel like that's not a, that's not a pressure. That's what should happen. What she was probably used to happening, but Tom gave her a very long leash. He paid for her to do like he let, he had her be on the road for, he was very used to, I think being by himself. We also, uh, meet Tiago, Erica Jane's dog. And he, we, uh, she goes, yeah, I got CBD, CBD dog treats for him. So I guess Tiago is the Mauricio of the animal community. Um, 
she goes, is it great to be able to wear this? She's in a talking head with that red jacket. She's like, is it great to be wearing this jacket? Is it great to have a Lamborghini and do all this and that? Yeah, sure it is. But yes, but at what human cost at some point? And this was a line that I thought took it over the edge of like, give me a break, Erica. Don't talk about human cost when part of this is about money that didn't get to where it needed to go of people that faced a real human cost, loss of life. So we're at a new scene. This is a bizarre little side shot of Sutton's mammogram, um, but also a very bizarre thing. And I don't know how many women are. I'm, I mean, a mammogram is where and I'm going to I'm going to mansplain a mammogram to you guys. From my understanding is they put your boob in between two steel pancakes and they squash it. They squash it down, and I'm sorry, I could, like, I mean, like, imagine me putting my penis on a, 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 I just, I, you, it's another thing that is so, you poor women, like, seriously, what the fuck is going on? You have to squish your boobs? I just, that's, like, horrifying, like, does it hurt? It sounds like it hurt, it's, I mean, it's just, like, it's just so horrible, like, I'm, I don't know, so, but Sutton's a scaredy cat, so Kyle convinced her to go do this, and uh, I just, she's never gotten one done. And she's a lady in her 50s, and it's just so, that's so scary, because breast cancer is so prevalent. My mom had breast cancer, and she still she still has cancer in some area, but like, I, I but she, she had to get a mastectomy, a double mastectomy um, for this, and it's just so scary, you know? It can, it can happen out of anywhere. And so it is so scary to hear that Sutton never did this, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, this whole thing that we meet Dr. Richardson and Dr. Moss, we find out that everything is good. Um, and uh, Kyle can relate to the nerves. Uh, and she's good with anxious, nervous people, she says. You know, I think this was a really great solid that Kyle did. You know, you, you should force your friends to go see doctors. We want to stay on this earth as uh, long and as healthy as possible, right? So we got to look after our fellow men, our loved ones, our family members, our friends, our animals. So good, good on you, Kyle. I thought that was great. Um, but at the, at the mammogram, of course, it's not just a mammogram. We bring up Kyle's like, great. Now that your mammogram is over, I'd like to talk to you about crystal. Um, you know, and we find out, you know, she's Dorit said that, um, she felt violated and, uh, son's like, I'm sorry if she felt violated by me knocking on a door and bringing her her coat. I don't know what's going on in here, but, and then they have a flashback of like her going, I don't know what's going on in here, but I'll bring you your coat. And she walks out, which if you're a little tipsy, yeah, I mean, like, that does sound like a creepy line, but we do see it like she was in and out in, like, five seconds, um, and they were already not on each good terms with each other. So, um, so Sutton is uh, kind of like, wow, this is, uh, this is crazy. To, this is unfortunate here. And Kyle goes, I know it was innocent. And uh, she said, when I talked to her that morning, she said she wasn't going to talk about this with the other girls. And Sutton's like, I was just being nice. And now it's blown way out of proportion. And uh, Sutton also goes, I'll nip it in the bud. I'll put the jam on that old piece of toast. I have never heard that phrase uh, ever in my life. I'll put the jam on an old piece of toast. My good God, I'm going to start using that. Everybody use that today. I'll put the jam on that old piece of toast. 
Um, new scene, we have Rinna and Erica. Like I said, Rinna is attaching herself at the hip of Erica Jane. Rinna's very excited to be out and about having a drink. And uh, Erica goes, I'm going to have a hot toddy. And guess what? Guess what Rinna says? Ooh, me too. I've been thinking about hot toddies. Shut up! I, you know what? If I was the Incredible Hulk, the only thing that would make me Hulk out is Lisa Rinna. Whenever I had to talk about Lisa Rinna, I'd be like, oh no, he's hulking out. Uh. Um, Erica Jane goes, how's Rinna Beauty? And she goes, oh my God, the website, the website goes live on Sunday. And she's doing the claps, like the over-exaggerated, like, yay! There's a flashback to the website. Um... Lisa goes, this is a first for me. I haven't done a direct-to-consumer business before. I guess the Depends diapers were not direct-to-consumer. And uh, she goes, it's really sitting on my shoulders to get the message out. It's really sitting on those lips. And they cheers to new beginnings. And uh, Rena goes, ooh, this is nice. This is nice. And uh, Erica goes, uh, let me tell you what's really going on. Uh, because she's like, this drink is strong. She's like, let me tell you what's really going on now. And Erica goes, I've never felt this vulnerable before. And Rinna goes, oh, I know. And Erica goes, he left me no room. It was the only way I can't. The only way I could, the only way I could go right now. And Rinna goes, I get it. And uh, Rinna in a talking head goes, uh, you know, Tom was definitely the person that wore the pants in that family. And there's a, uh, a, a, a flashback of Tom snapping at Erica at a, a dinner goes, Erica, I'm speaking right now. And I remember that it was really scary. Like I have no doubt he put her in the play. Like that's what happens when you buy love. That's what happens when you accept bot love. You know, Tom was the one in charge for sure. Um, Erica goes, I almost, uh, floated the idea of a trial separation, but I knew it wouldn't work. And, uh, but that's the old school generation. They say, you know, you're in or you're out and get your shit and get out. And we find out that she didn't even leave a note when she left. And, uh, then the next day she they, the next day he got served. And once again, she lets us know, I drove him to work. I told him I loved him. And he says, thanks, hun treated me like an employee. And that's the last I've seen of him. This just doesn't add up, though. The drive doesn't add up. And if you were barely on speaking terms, it doesn't add up. And the thanks, hun, that means that they were in a good mood. (sighs) But he always treated her like an employee. Like, this is nothing new. This is not. I think Erica is letting us know, like, now she didn't like it. But this is how he's always been. You know, this is not new. So um, she goes, I went home. I put the stuff in the moving van and I went to the new place. I slept there and uh, he was served the next morning. And Rinna goes, it must have been a scary night. And uh, she goes, yeah, we aren't playing games over here and he isn't going to be playing games with me. Um, she goes, uh, I bet Tom is like, fuck it. She's on her own now. You want the big time? You want to go out and do your own thing? We'll do it. That's what I'm expecting, she said. And then Erica goes, and he's got some real challenges ahead of him as well. And that's a, like, dun, 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 what could you be speaking about? But also another clue that Erica knows, because we do know she was served twice, right? We know that. So now we're at the dumpling scene. Um, we are at uh, Crystal 
And Rob, her husband, the director of The Lion King. Uh, by the way, if we ever see Rob, we always have to follow it with director of The Lion King. Uh, they are making dumplings. She's going to teach how the ladies how to make dumplings. And uh, Crystal's cousins are there. They have a uh, cute as dumplings napkins. She made them aprons. Very exciting. Just like my excitement in teaching you guys how to use HelloFresh. Remember, <laughs> use the offer uh, so bad 14 uh, to get 14 free meals from HelloFresh. I already did a commercial earlier in the show, but I'm going to do a video of me making the HelloFresh uh, meals to see how good they really are, you know? Uh, we find out that Dorit is very excited because she was texting uh, Crystal Dumpling emojis. That's always when you know they're really excited. Uh, we find out that they didn't, she forgot to buy the skins, the, the things that the dumplings go in. So Rob has to go to the market. And I love that the director of The Lion King is just like us, just getting sent to the market right and left. Uh, Kyle calls Sutton in a new scene. What are you wearing? I'm going to wear the suede coat. Uh, I don't know. They're talking about coats. Um, we cut back to Rob, uh, coming in saying I'm the best postmate. Garcelle comes in. She's in this big track suit with pink heels. Guys, I don't know. Fashion. Is this fashionable? Dorit comes in. She's like, hello, Rob, director of Lion King. It is me, Dorit, child of the world. Dorit goes, I'm so excited about this. Sutton comes. Sutton goes, I brought y'all a little tequila. Rina and Erica are driving over again. Like I said, they're doing all their scenes to get together. Uh, they they come over. They get in the house. Erica meets Rob. Erica's in red leopard. She's really done up. Um, Garcelle's in a talking head says, when my divorce happened, I didn't want to do anything. And Erica walks in like she's sex on a stick. Like, hell yeah, she's down for whatever. Erica Jane asks for a hot toddy. She's on a hot toddy kick, I guess. And... Uh, she asked for a hot toddy from the, the server lady guy or whoever it was. And goes, thank you, sweetheart. Um, she goes, uh, and then Erica goes, I'd like to tell a story of the little present you gave me, Kyle. And we find out that Kyle gave her this CBD, T, TBS, I don't know, THCB, THC oil. And she goes, I am lit. This is the intimate oil that Kyle gave me that her and Mauricio have been enjoying. And then she goes, I put it all over my clit and my vajayjay. And why, why would you do that to go to a ladies night? Like, why would you be like, I got to get this uh, clit and vajayjay all relaxed for my ladies night. Usually my clit and vajayjay are very... Uh, uncomfortable around lady groups, but I want them to be very relaxed. Like, why would you do, why would you choose? It feels so fake to me. It feels like a cute little moment that we'll all laugh about on TV, right? To me, I got to tell you, I'm watching these shows so much that I am now, I don't think anything's real, but doesn't it stick out to you of like, well, why would you do that? Why would you do that to go to lazy? Like, and by the way, is it, I'm uh, as uncomfortable as you are saying clit and JJ. I know as you hearing it, I'm just as uncomfortable, but we'll get through, through this together. Am I wrong? Do you guys rub it all over your JJs before you go out with a lady group? Like now, are we do assume that Erica is wearing the THC oil in every scene for the remainder of the season? I don't know. It's just, it's such a bizarre little moment for me. Uh, Crystal pulls Sutton aside and goes, uh, I'm sure you're annoyed. Um, and she's like, you know, I think it's dangerous when we talk about each other behind each other's back. You didn't keep your promise. 
And Crystal's like, well, people kept bringing it up to me. And there's flashbacks of that actually happening. Um, Sutton goes, I don't want to fight. And Crystal goes, I agree. So they are agree. I mean, it's just so awkward with these ladies. I do have a feeling they'll be okay by the end of the season. Who knows? But it is so, you know, it's just awkward for all of us. Um, so they're clearing things up. And uh, Kyle says, um, uh, no, so Erica says they were back on the, the clit oil. And uh, she goes, uh, I'll have to move before I have another uh, Safatel moment, like the when she didn't wear the panties. And Kyle goes, your tweet is escaping. <laughs> like her vagina. Um, and she goes, it has not, but it's about to like, are we just, I mean, I guess that's, I mean, I guess ladies probably joke about their private parts with other ladies when it's a lady group. I mean, guys, I mean, I don't think we're, I mean, we make dick jokes, I guess, but we're not all like, how's it hanging over there, Nick? How's your big old dick doing? Like if I told all my guy friends, like guys, before I came here, I rubbed a bunch of CBD oil up my, my, uh, my dick and balls. I mean, I think I would get a lot of blank stares or like people potentially just getting up and leaving, you know? Um, we also find out Erica goes, I'm giving myself 90 days of no sex, but in 2021 it's on like Donkey Kong. She doesn't say the like Donkey Kong part, but I don't know. Once again, I'm just finding it very hard to imagine Erica sexual. And I know because she hits us so over the head with it, you know? Um, Sutton and Crystal come back and Sutton says, Crystal and I have something I want to share with the group. Um, and they, she brings up the, the coat and the awkward and, you know, we're, we're talking about it and everything's good. It's over. She wants us to know. Um, but also Sutton goes, but in order to, for it to be over, you have to stop talking about it. It's a little defamatory to say I'm violating you. That's the great thing and the bad thing about housewives is they never truly let anything go. Like even in the midst of saying it's over, Sutton brings it back up again. And in a talking head, Crystal goes, I don't understand why Crystal keeps bringing it up. Dorit said, uh, I only had a conversation with Crystal. I never heard your side, Sutton. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop. It was your only experience with uh, your... I, I don't know. I wrote something down that I can't make sense of. But Dorit says, I never heard your side, Sutton. And Sutton goes, yeah, we struggled in Tahoe, me and Crystal, but I'm not crazy. You know, you calling me manic. We've had a really nice conversation about my father and his suicide. Uh, my Sutton accent's getting so weird. But yeah, I don't I don't know if you can ever have a nice conversation about your father and suicide, but that those are the words she used. And, uh, you know, Sutton's letting us know that she is not crazy or manic, which, uh, you know, it's never tell people, show people. <laughs> Um, and Garcelle in a talking head goes, Garcelle in a talking head says Sutton is harmless. So that is strong words to throw at a woman. And she goes, I just had a bad day. And Crystal goes, I'm going to believe you. But she says it really coldly. Um, and Sutton in a talking head goes, I'm sorry. She's a mean girl, a mean high school girl. I can see these things. And Sutton says, I believe you. I'm the picture of normal health right here. Um, so Crystal goes, I want to move forward and have fun tonight. Uh, they go in the kitchen. They're making the dumplings. Um, Dorit says, uh, 
I can't with you. I love this. I want to bring this home to PK. They're pan frying the dumplings. Um, uh, Kyle and Garcelle are stuffing their faces, which I love. I love a woman who can eat. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think that's uh, an amazing quality. Um, and Kyle picks up one of the, uh, the dumplings and goes, Lisa, this, these look like your lips. And I think that is one of the funniest things. I got to tell you, I think Kyle, you know, I think Kyle is super funny. Like, I think she has a great sense of humor. I hate that I've made fun of her so much because I would love to interview her one day. I don't think she'll ever do it. Um, uh, Garcelle lets us know about her dating coach. Um, and she goes, you know, Erica will hook you up with one. Um, Erica goes, I'm probably just going to have a lot of anonymous sex. Okay. Okay. Erica. Um, Dorit is looking at the dessert room and she's like, can I put one of these sesame balls in my purse for little Jagaloo? <laughs> Erica Sutton, Dorit and Kyle are in a conversation. Um, and, uh, Erica says, you guys can make fun of me, but fuck anyone out of this group. I trust these ladies and I know they want to be supportive and I have so many challenges ahead of me and there is so much these women don't know. And that's where we end it. Very suspenseful. What don't we know, folks? What don't we know? So tonight, or I mean, whenever you listen to this, you might listen to this tonight, Tuesday night or tomorrow. We have a new episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and I'm so excited and I'm so sorry this episode was so late to today, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. It always helps. Even if it's a solo episode, I appreciate your ears. I know it might not be exciting just me alone, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. And you guys, Today, I, I am I am your newest member of Cameo. You can get a Cameo from me. I have a test video up there right now. It looks like shit because I haven't showered or anything, but I can't wait to do these Cameo videos for anybody that wants it. I made it a very cheap price point, um, and uh, I don't expect to get a lot of them, but if you ever want me to, because I, I thought maybe I could do some in the Sur Alleyway for you guys, or Buca de Beppo, Dorit's Room, I want to do really fun, crazy things with this. So anyways, that's it, you guys. Once again, sorry it's late, and I'll talk to you bright and early tomorrow morning with our guest, Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo, and she was excellent. Love you guys. Bye. Batches.